sermon I've titled Again and Again. Again and again. Because that's what Jesus keeps doing. Again and again. Showing up. Showing up. And we've been looking at post-Easter at all the ways that Jesus again and again has been coming to the front. Today, he's going to be at the beach. So, anybody here like the beach? Like, you know, Sandy Beach? No. <laughs> well, that's where we're all going because that's where Jesus is. We're going to hang with Jesus on the beach today. This is what it says in John chapter 21, verse 1 through 14. Last time you're going to see it here for a little bit. All right. Afterward, here it is, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, I like Thomas better, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Zero. Nothing for all that hard work and labor. Now, I want us to pick this up right at the beginning. I've stressed it already, but Jesus appeared again. This isn't the first time it's happened. He appeared to Mary in the garden, and she didn't recognize him at the empty tomb. Thomas in the upper room, and he doubted it was him. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize him. Again and again, Jesus shows up. And they don't recognize him. They don't see him. Something is impending their capacity to experience Jesus again and again. And yet, Jesus keeps showing up. He, in his resurrection, continues to come forth to meet each person in their various things. And again and again, verse 4, we see it here. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. He's at the beach. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. There they are again. <clears throat> he, I'd be a little annoyed by now if I was Jesus. Maybe, maybe even a little offended. I'd already be upset because they went out boating without me. But here they are. They don't even recognize them on the shore. They did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them. Friends. Now, who would call out friends? Somebody that knows you, right? Somebody that you're known by. Somebody that you might know. Friends. Haven't you any fish? I mean, they've been out there all night, haven't they? Doing all that work. Bringing in the hall. To which they answer, honestly, no, they answered. And so he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. 
Now, I want to pause here for a second. Resurrection is happening before their very eyes. The resurrected Jesus is standing before them, and yet they don't recognize him. And we could be really harsh on that, except as we've been discovering over this series that we don't always recognize him either. We're not always at the place of calling Jesus as Lord, right? As Rick talked about last week. We ourselves are busy toiling, doing the work, laboring into the night, living in the darkness. And as we're doing it, we're going, where's the fish? Where's the stuff? Resurrection, though, tells us that it's all around us. That God is taking all those spaces that we're laboring in, that we're fighting in, that we're experiencing sorrow in, And he is bringing forth something new. The question is, are we realizing it? Are we seeing it? That what comes with the dawn early in the morning? What happens at sunrise? What takes place at Easter? Jesus stands on the shore. We know that. We've learned that. We've heard it. We've even experienced it. And yet, again and again, we find ourselves wondering, where is Jesus? In Christ, the natural order of things is resurrection. It's in our prayer. Every time you you choose to, in faith, enter into prayer, some small part of you, is partaking in something new, that you are birthing in conversation with God, newness in your heart, newness in your mind. Every time you are entering into this space, you chose to come here today. You made a decision to leave where you were and to step into the place where Jesus was going to be celebrated, where the word was going to be revealed. You decided to partake in some small part of resurrection today. You have populated your life with disciplines and practices. You've chosen to see people through the lens of Christ that when you see them, you don't hate them, you love them. But but we have to turn to him to know how to do that. We learn from him how to see, live, act, and even work in light of resurrection, which would mean that even when we don't catch fish, we know that God is nearby. Some cultures put flowers on the cross. And they keep it that way to remind them that the death of Christ becomes the resurrection of Christ, the new life of Christ. That when we see death, we can also see life. So, what do you see? You know what you see every day. Every day you wake up, You know what's going on. You know the narrative that you've grabbed onto. 
You know the truth that you've held. Is Jesus on the shore? Is he nearby? Or have you chosen to believe in something else? To live in something else? Now, it's interesting here because just before this, Jesus had met to them, breathed on them, and said, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to send you just as the Father has sent me. And the first thing Peter does, it says, I'm going fishing. <laughs> Come on, Peter, how many times, right? How many times? And yet, thank God, because we're all Peters. We're all, all of us, rushing into things. And this should provoke some memory, by the way. John wants you to be... Do you remember another time that Jesus came by the water when they were fishing? Right? I can think of two other times. He calls out to Peter. What does he call out to Peter and say? Come, follow me. And I will send you out to be a fisher of men. Peter here is just returning to old habits. These old fishing hands, with Jesus no longer in the room, well, I guess we'll just go fishing. <laughs> and he produces nothing. Zero. Now, that's important. Because that's what living outside of resurrection produces, by the way. That's what trying to live in your own strength only produces. We as humans, what makes us so good and lovable is the fact that we are, we are not independent, autonomous things on our own power and strength. But we are connected, tied to the rising of the sun. And so we have to live in that reality. We have to choose to be part of that. We have to not tire as G.K. Chesterton says of the little things because God's even in that we have new eyes but that's not the only memory this should bring up there's other memories here that are going on as well we'll read along when they did uh, next next slide they were unable to halt so they put their net on the other side Jesus says hey go ahead throw it on the other side when they did they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter it is the Lord as soon as Simon Peter heard him of course this is so Peter again so he wrapped his outer garments around him, for he had taken it off, jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. 100 yards out! Peter just says, ah! jumps in the water. <laughs> when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals. Now, that you might have a memory of. That might bring back or recall something, and John here is recalling something. John's never just fluffing up the text. 
He is the theologian, after all, the first in so many ways. Peter denied Jesus at one point, didn't he? Not long ago. And if you remember, he stood by the burning coals with the guards when he did it. Peter is walking into a memory. He's entering into that space again of being reminded that he has betrayed God. He's gone from kind of hiding, from, distracting himself from that to having to face it again. But he faces it again with Jesus, like he did the first time. Remember, Jesus, when he was denying him, did look back at Peter. He did. And that, I don't know how that stung or hurt, but... He felt that. He sensed the weight of, I've betrayed God. I've fallen back on what I said I would do. And now in this moment, Jesus comes to address him. But here's the thing, again and again. Jesus appears in his resurrection to bring resurrection to Peter. Just as he did for Thomas, turned his doubt to faith. Just as he did for Mary, turning her sorrow into joy and proclamation, right? Went out and spread the word. Just as he did for those who were downcast on the Emmaus Road, he took their despair and gave them a new determination. Jesus, in his resurrection, appears to us for our resurrection to help us through all of our things, the things that have yet to step into the morning sun, the things that have left the presence of God to be in the darkness of night. God is there too. God is there too. Again and again. So, who's having a good day at the beach with Jesus? When will resurrection come? When will things change for you? Have you gone through the night? If it comes for Thomas and it comes for Peter, it comes for Mary, it comes for those on the Emmaus Road, I want to say to you that Jesus comes for you too. Jesus' death and resurrection was not for 12 guys, or in this case, 7. Because notice that since the event, fewer and fewer disciples in every story have been showing up. That's important. They're so quickly lost. But Jesus has work still to be done, so he keeps coming. So even as you sense in yourself that I'm losing steam, I'm ready to give up, I'm ready to bail... That's about the moment you should notice. You should really take a good look at who's around, what's around, and what's going on deep inside. And if you need help with that, we want to pray with you. We want to be in it with you. We want to embody the presence of Christ for you because you get resurrection too. They met the risen Jesus. The power of his resurrection touched their lives. And they entered into new creation. When you and I suffer, 
experience sorrow and uncertainty and shame, we may not always feel the shepherd, but we must know that the shepherd is near. There are going to be nights with no fish. But there are also going to be moments where the net's so full you can't even drag it in. But that comes with Jesus following him, doing what he said, and that's key. It's not an equation, by the way, it's just reality that Christ and his resurrection knows how to live your life better than you do. And so he invites you to step into that new life and to live as if it's so. And as you do that, might you experience the abundance of God. I'm not talking about getting special blessings just because. I'm not talking about driving a Ferrari one day. I'm talking about experiencing the fullness of the kingdom of God in your life. To the extent that even if you don't have fish, even if you don't bring in the full, that's okay. Because guess who already had a fish waiting for them? That's the cool thing about this. Jesus, he's cooking on the beach. He's got fish. He's got bread. He's got fire. He has it all already. And they're out there slaving for it all night. What we need to realize here, just as they need to realize, is he has it. He's not against you going out and trying to get it or have it or something like that. But just know that what Christ offers is more than enough. And until we can learn that, we haven't let go of whatever it is that we're worshiping or whatever it is that we think we need. Christ has what we need. Bring some of the fish with you that you just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many that the, excuse me, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, ooh, feel the hairs raised on your neck. Who are you? They didn't even dare do it. And John keeps dropping these kind of statements in. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead again and again. Jesus is inviting you to partake in his offering and his abundance. You can keep toiling away if you desire. God's not angry at work. He loves work, works good for us, it's good for flourishing. But it's when we put all of our hope in our efforts, we begin to think we earn it. We begin to think we, we deserve it. And maybe you do, but that's, that's missing the mark. The mark is that you have a God who came back from the pits of hell alive for you. And he wants to shower you with love and life. He wants to sit. He wants to play with you. 
He wants to sing with you. He wants to work with you too. And he also wants to hang out on the beach with you. So let resurrection wash over you today. And love your mama. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for the life that you invite us into. Might we just step into it, plunge into it, get dunked in it, God. Help us with that. Today, help us know it today, that today, Lord, we, we submit, we choose, we choose to follow you. We choose to explore life with you. We choose to feel your embrace. We choose to be guided by your truth and word. We choose to submit ourselves to your community and to your space. We choose to hand it all over because we have more than enough in you, Christ. So might we live as if that's so, and as we do, might our relationship with you more than anything be what increases, not just fish, but our depth of love for each other, you and I, Jesus, us and you. Amen.